Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. We are looking at the illustration of Noah entering into the ark. Time to go, and it's safe to enter. Genesis chapter 7 and 8 is where we're at today. Make it a point to join us as we're encouraged in our understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Positionally speaking, we are sanctified in Christ, sealed by His Spirit, and seated in Him by design. Now these points can be found here in Genesis chapter 8, verses 1 through 22. We'll also spend time in John, Romans, Leviticus, Jude. It's all part of our series, Arise, Move, and Go. Safe, only in Him, is the title of today's message. The bulk of our time is spent here in Genesis 8, verses 1 through 22. Let's catch up with Pastor Jessica Stan as he takes us back to our series recently delivered here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Here's Pastor Jesse. Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. Here's the family of God. Then we'll keep moving. This is what Paul says. For this cause I do what? I pray. See, because what God is calling for are humble people who are submissive to him, bowing the knees in the heart is what God asks for. I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you're talking about both knees. What? Not one knee. This ain't no football game. Both knees bowing before the glorious God of creation. He says, I bow my knees before the Lord, before uh, the Lord of our uh, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the what? Whole family in heaven and earth is named. We are named children of God through Jesus Christ. And we got family in heaven and we got family on the earth. God sees them. He knows who they are. You know who they are? They're men and women who do like Jesus did. When God causes us to arise and tells us to go, we go. Because we're sons and daughters of God. That the world might know that the sons love the father. Isn't that what we learned about that verse? See, so when we are being obedient to God, we are witnessing to the world that we love our Father. Do you love him? If you do, you'll be obedient, even as Jesus did and even as Noah did. And Noah is being obedient to labor in a crazy, turned upside down. I love this. I'm just going to just merit this out just a little bit. You know one of the best ways to keep yourself from getting in trouble? And some of y'all need to hear this. And once you hear it, you can leave because that's the message to you. One of the best ways to keep yourself from getting in trouble is being busy about God's business. The way you keep from being distracted by the foolishness of the world is to give yourself to the prioritizing of the kingdom of God. And I'll tell you why. Because in God's kingdom, he'll have plenty for you to do that will cover your whole life. 
He will give you skill sets. He will give you uh, abilities. He will give you gifts. He will allow you to work and produce income and be able to raise families and support others in conjunction with serving him in the kingdom. Am I making some sense? That's the way God has always been. The believer is not to be an isolated person living on some kind of reservation or hiding in a silo. We're meant to be in the world. We are salt. We get sprinkled everywhere. We are light. We are illuminaries everywhere we go. So we're meant to be in the world. That means we're called to have skill sets. And so this is not about the notion that if I give myself up to God, then I won't have anything to do. Contrary. There's all kind of stuff you can do in all the different areas in which you are interested in. God calls you to do it and he will allow you to prosper. And when you're doing it in Jesus name, he gives you the grace not to get distracted too frequently because we all get distracted, don't we? Noah didn't get distracted. Noah did a hundred years. His wife did it with him. I I am so super curious about that. Having a wife that hangs out with you in ministry for a hundred years. Boy, she had to be a special woman. A hundred years because she had to put up with him, put up with the kids, put up with the daughter-in-laws. Y'all know all those dynamics. We didn't talk about that. You, you know you got a problem when there's more than one, one queen in the house. She had to do that for a hundred years. And then they all entered into, through the same door. Now, you know that was a squeeze. They all went through the same door. I'm being a little humorous, but I'm not. Because you and I know how difficult it is to live for God with family. And I'm saying Noah and his family are remarkable. Because they made it through their mission and then they made it in. They made it in. Grace with particular clarity. Grace with particular clarity. Not a generic concept. A very practical one, which is what we need. We need the grace of wisdom, don't we? The grace of humility, the grace of clarity, the grace of cooperation, the grace of submission, the grace of collaboration. Do we not? So it's not generic. I I want us to understand there was a lot that they had to negotiate because she could have quit. Any one of the kids could have quit. Have you ever wanted to quit? See what I'm saying? This is humbling to me that they made it. I want to learn from that. I do not take it for granted. I want to be able to hear God call me in and call me out. And then I want all mine in. Can I be a little selfish for a second? I want every one of my children in. Every one of my grandkids in. I want them all in. I want to do everything I can do in my power to make sure that it's a a worthy task of committing yourself to the Lord the way the Lord wants it done. And will you mark before I go on, when we're talking about building a massive, visible, obvious, ubiquitous, enduring ministry called an ark like that, you don't have people, as it were, with every man his own doctrine, his own vision, his own view, his own shape, his own form is one revelation. One unified collaboration with a central theme that's clear to everybody. Are you ready? Christ is the way in. That's what we're talking about here. Jesus is the end game. 
I in game. And when we get that right, then we're doing God's business. No matter if you decide today you want to use Auburn green on one of the boards or you want to use magenta blue, you can do all that. I imagine the ark had all kind of colors on it. But it was one R because God didn't say you couldn't do all this, do all that. You got to keep the framework right. Am I making sense? You don't have to argue on details. You have to be clear on the fundamentals and clear on those things that constitute the foundation, the infrastructure, the superstructure, so that the outcome represents the kingdom of God. I, I mean, I can imagine all that. Now, what I'm thinking about while I got your time is how well they fared for a whole year inside that box. Think about it. They're in. The door is shut. Things are happening now. See, see, this is what happens to us when you and I are walking by faith in a period of time where there is no obvious uh, disruption of our life. So this is where you go into training. When there's nothing going on, when normalcy is granted, when we have everyday life like we're doing now, this is when you get ready for the battle. Because when the battle comes, you got to be ready to go in immediately because it's on the inside that you are safe. So under our first point, we're just thinking through a couple of things. Let me move on because I could just talk all day about the implications. Point number one is time to go. It's time to go. And obviously it's time to go in. And in a moment, we're going to hear, if you will, give me verse eight and verse 13. It's time to go out. Chapter eight, verse 13. Just listen to it. So the same family that goes in will be the family that comes out. Listen to it. And it came to pass in the 601st year, in the first month of the first day of the month, the waters dried up from off the earth and Noah removed the covering of the ark and look and behold, the face of the ground is what? This was after a whole year. I mean, this was after a whole year. Are y'all following me? We're just about at the end of them being inside of this boat, of this box that we have learned is really a treasure box. Have we not? I told you that the ark has one central meaning and it's seen two times, three times in your Bible. It was seen when Moses' mother placed him in the bulrush box and put him on the river. And he went down the Nile and Providence got a hold of Moses so that Moses was exalted too, right? You guys understand that when you're in Christ, you're headed for exaltation. Did I teach y'all that last week? When you're in Christ, you're headed for exaltation. And that's where Moses was. So he went from being a child in danger of being assassinated by the king to being exalted to the right hand of the king. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus who has a name above every name because God highly exalted him. So when you and I are doing God's business, we may suffer hits and go through struggles, but God says the one that suffers with me will be the one that what? Reigns with me. And this is what Noah is about to enter into the reigning. So under point number one, it's, it's time to go. It's time to go. And it's really time to go in. Point number two. And the reason why Noah's time to go in is it's safe to enter there. It's safe. See, you can build a box 
for somebody else and you can tell them that this box will hold you up over the Niagara Falls. Somebody will put a string on it from one end of Niagara to the other and you can get in that box will hold you all the way over to the other side. And they'll say, oh, okay, you sure you built it well? Yeah, I built it well. Well, would you get in and prove to us that that box will hold you up? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? No, you're not. Stay close to me. So we can preach the gospel, but not believe it ourselves. We can preach the gospel and not believe it ourselves. We can preach to others to enter into Christ and not enter in ourselves. See, every step of the way is a trial. Every step of the way is a trial. It's a trial being called to be God's witness publicly because you know the world hates God, so it's going to hate you. It's a trial when trouble comes and God is telling you, I want you to trust the same thing you're telling other people to trust. Are you ready to rely upon me in the time of trouble? And that's what Noah and his family are about to do. I love it. I love it. God tells Noah to enter in. And you can imagine on that day, can you not? Everybody watching only one family and a bunch of animals go into the ark. And God is the one who shuts the door. See, there's a separation between the sheep and the goats now. Between the righteous and the wicked. Between people who have found mercy through grace and affirmed it by faithful obedience and the rebellious who mocked God and ridiculed God and opposed the gospel and went their own way and put it in every newspaper article. This man Noah is crazy. That boat is foolishness. Never has it ever occurred in the world before. We know better than God until that same person spouting with that big old hole in his face get hit with a drop of water on his forehead. Then he looks up and goes, "Uh uh-oh, God was right. The rain started coming down, but the door was shut. And now the family's on the inside. On the inside of what we have not only called the Ark of Noah, but the Ark of the Covenant. This is Leviticus 25. We're not going there. Stay right there. Keep the frame. But you guys do understand the Ark of the Covenant becomes a sort of uh, reduced mini safety box for the people of God. It becomes the throne upon which Yahweh sits, right? He dwells between the cherub on the mercy seat. And the angels are looking on the mercy seat, wondering why God would be so kind and gracious to millions of people called the Jewish people, bringing them out of darkness, paganism, into a covenant relationship with him. And then ultimately, that ark is the way in for all of us, is it not? We do see that ark as him who is called the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father but by him. He is our propitiation. So those cherubim are saying, look at God showing mercy to sinners, because on the top of that ark is blood. Is blood. And the angels are trying to figure out what in the world does this blood have to do with these people. And the contents inside that ark is a testimony of God's righteous justice and his saving mercy to sinners. See, you and I need to know what's inside that box. Like, 
Everybody knows what's inside that ark. It's a family called the Noah family. They are the new Adam's family. And everybody on the outside is dealing with 40 days of rain. They got to live with the juxtaposition, stay with me now, of the rain coming down and the reality that they are on the outside of the only mechanism of safety. They got to live with the reality of all that they did against Noah and his family. And Noah and his family are safe in the ark and they are not. For 40 days, we call this a trial in the Bible. 40 days are patterns of testing. As you know, Moses in the Mount, 40 days. Jesus in the wilderness, 40 days. Israel in the wilderness, 40 years. This is a number 40 of testing. They are now dealing with the judgment of God coming down on them because they rejected the gospel, even though they were close to it. Am I making some sense? Now, imagine what's going on with the treasure in the box. Because you and I know that Jesus is our treasure, is he not? That's the Bible very clear. This is 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the spirit of God in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the claims of the gospel, the promises of God, right? The third person who reveals the second person, who is the owner of everything, who brings us to the first person. And as Jesus said in John 14, 21, if any man love me, he will keep my commandments and I and my father will come and make our abode in him. We become God's treasure chest too. Am I making some sense? He loves us and we love him. What a beautiful thing. A precious box. Does God take delight in Noah and his family entering into that box? Does God take delight in the people of Israel trusting the revelation of that Ark of the Covenant, wherein were three critically important items? The law of God, because God is just. The rod of Aaron that budded. We need a mediator, don't we? A high priest to stand in the gap for us. Is that right? And the golden bowl that held the what? The manna. In the ark is a revelation of three things. The reality of man's rebellion three times. We broke God's law. The second one is we try to get to God on our own strength apart from a mediator. The third thing is we reject the manna. We despise the manna. And all three of them point to who? Jesus the Christ, whom without him, we can have no relationship with God. And so the ark shows us God's justice, but it also shows us his mercy, does it not? God still has mercy on sinners if we come to him through Christ. Men and women are looking at this big box in the days of Noah, and guess what they're seeing? They're seeing an emblem of mercy, a mercy they rejected. And now they got to feel the wrath of God on them. Every drop of rain, which started off strange and a little cool, is now becoming a pestilent bothersome to them. And why is that? Because as it is gradually coming down, it is persistently beating on their head to remind them of their rebellion against God and the fact that they have no shelter. And they have to struggle with that. You can imagine 40 days of trying to scatter and find a hiding place. 
but the water now is coming up to the ankles and, and to the knees and to the thighs and to the chest, and it's pushing them up from their hiding places. Isn't that what we learned last week? Everything they trusted in now is being disrupted because they didn't have an adequate hiding place. The hiding place for them is in the ark, which we mean in who? Jesus. But it's too late, as Jesus said. And so you and I can imagine for the first week, as the rains are descending, because the text is explicit about it, 40 days and 40 nights, and all flesh died. You can imagine Mama Noah and Daddy Noah and the sons and daughters hearing the screechings and the screams on the outside of the box. Millions of people. Am I exaggerating? And God wants you to fill in the blanks. Because he made it very plain. But upon the wicked, I will rain down my judgments. And yet Noah and his family are in a safe place. The Bible tells us in Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. Notice what it says in Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. You've read it before. But you want to meditate on this. The one that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So let me show you this because this was a transformer passage here. You know how we have these little transformer things that kids play with where it's shaped into one thing and then you can turn it into something else? Well, first of all, this is shaped into a house. Literally, it's called a safe house. Now, a safe house is where you put people who are in danger of being put to death by some reprisal group. Am I making sense? Some of y'all are criminals like I am, so y'all know what I'm talking about. This is called protect. I said some. The rest of y'all are righteous. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But some of us know what protective custody is about. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about, about five of y'all. It's okay. Protective custody is what every one of us need in Jesus. See, you're a guilty sinner. You need protective custody. You need a covering. You need a safe place to hide. And you'll discover if you hide in Jesus, he will transform and be a mother eagle protecting you with his wings from every foe that comes your way. He shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Am I making some sense? Under the shadow of the Almighty. That's who God is. For men and women who make God their home, that's the term. To abide literally means to make God your home. It ain't a hotel. It's a home. See, when you make Jesus your home, then certain things happen in your life where your life is reinforced. And it's reinforced from the inside out. Thank you, Lord. It's reinforced from the inside out. So when God saves you, he deals with building you up in the inner man strengthening your mind, stabilizing your heart, strengthening you in with all might in the inner man by his spirit so that Christ might continually dwell in your heart by faith. And when Christ dwells in your heart by faith, any storm coming your way, you can handle. It might toss you a bit here and it might toss you a little bit there, but all it's going to do is mature you in trusting him. At that time when you're being tossed to and fro, you get to look outside of yourself at an anchor to your soul that keeps you tied to your forerunner who is seated in heaven and his name is Jesus. So the little boat you're in, 
is secure in Jesus the Christ. Am I making some sense? I'm talking the mind. I'm talking the mind. I'm talking the heart. I love it. John 16, This is what Jesus meant when he said it in John 16, Listen to it now. This is the nature of the gospel's impact when men and women take Jesus serious. Here's what he says. These things I have spoken unto you that where in me, there's it, there it is again in him, right? That's the key to our whole message. These things have I spoken to you that in me, you might have peace. See it? Peace is found nowhere but in Christ. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Say, we love Jesus anyway.